York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, coming, I'm coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams. What's going on? This is Jay Ellis from the Nick of Time Show here giving you that Nick's talk just in the Nick of Time. And you guys know I have the winning music on even though the Knicks lost. But I have the winning music on for a reason, all right? Because the Knicks made some trades and we didn't give up any first round picks. We got Alec Burks here. We got Bojan Bogdanovic here. So we're going to talk about that. So even though the Knicks lost to the Mavericks and we were shorthanded, I still feel like we won something, all right? I still feel like we won something. So we're going to celebrate anyway and get to it. All right, the Knicks lose to the Mavericks 122 to 108. Dante gives you 36 points and three assists. Miles McBride, also known as Deuce, gives you 21 points and five assists. Hartenstein, I mean, sorry, Hartenstein actually left the game a little bit early. Hart gave you 23 points, 12 assists, and 10 rebounds. Luca finished with 39 points and 11 rebounds. But listen, man, the Knicks were shorthanded. They only had eight players today. Hartenstein dropped in the second half. Then we only had to play seven. We saw Charlie Brown play. We saw Toppin play. And we saw McBride play. We saw all the other guys get into the action. But the Knicks lost in the end. But I don't, I don't care. I don't care. We're only going to talk about this for like five minutes. Then we're getting to the trades. But before we even get into that, I just like to say... I thoroughly enjoyed our guys still fighting till the end, even though we lost this game. We were in within striking distance the whole time. And that just tells you the metal, the culture that's built within our team. So congratulations to these Knicks for the trade. I'm sorry. I, I, my, my emotions are mixed up with the trade <laughs> and, and the game. Um, but we're going to talk about it, all right? But before I talk about it, let me introduce you to my guys. First and foremost, it is the man, the myth, the legend, the guy with the stats and the facts. Ryan G's in the building. Knicks lost, but in the trade market, they won, though. In the trade market, we won. We won. And of course, you already know my out the window brother, the Latin assassin, Lee Escobedo. What's going on, Lee? Jumping out the window with this one. I, I hoped and prayed, but never knew if I was ever going to be able to say this. The New York Knicks are winning the championship this season. He started, I already knew he was starting with the, I already knew he started with that. You already knew he started with that. If you if you if you were KOT watcher, you already knew that's where Lee was going. Yeah, all right. And of course you know Dexter's disappointed. Of course. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Dexter's like, how dare it. you start with this blast? Too early, too soon, too soon, too soon. And of course, of course you know. We have <laughs> my man Dexter from SNY. You gotta, you gotta give up, give it up to Dexter. If you have not watched his live stream, he had his first live stream today on YouTube. So please, please check it out. What's going on, man, Dexter? I, I know you excited. Oh yeah. yeah, I'm excited. Today was a good day, long day. We were all talking about it before. How we're all tired from today. You know, we were following the news and did the first live stream show for the New York Post SNY Digital Partnership. Um, 
you know, for New York Got Game doing the the trade deadline show. And, um, you know, I was happy to do it. You guys have been two. You guys have been part of the show. Lee's turn is coming up very soon. Mm -hmm. um, it's being part of part of my basketball show weekly. So, you know, it was, it was good to do it live. And during the trade deadline, a lot of people tuned in. I saw, I saw KOT fam was up in there. Of course. So I appreciate I appreciate y'all, man. Appreciate y'all. And, and good to be here with you guys and talking Knicks basketball as usual. Absolutely. Absolutely. Man. I was in there. I was in there. I was at work. With my little screen on the side, my boss look over my shoulder. I appreciate that, man. <laughs> appreciate that. I was like, "Woo!" Yeah. It's closing the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> I was there. I was. There. You were there. I saw you. I saw you. <laughs> but salute, salute. But let's get quick thoughts on this game. Then we're gonna get to the nitty gritty. What did you What did you think about this game, Dex? Because I I need to pose some questions. I really will. Because since you might be the the most level headed one. Of all of us, usually that's Ryan G. Usually that's Ryan G. Ryan G is usually the level one. But you might be the most level level one. So I'm really curious to ask you some questions. What did you think about well, the game? Yeah, I mean, look, coming into this game, the Knicks are shorthanded. handed They they got eight players after the trade, which which I know we're gonna get into. Um, and then at some point it's seven. Uh, you know, I think if you're gonna take anything away from this game as a Knicks fan. One of the things you have to like is this was an easy win for the Mavs. They didn't just cruise to it. Yeah. You know, it's starting to become baked into this team's identity and culture that they're going to fight. That's what they've been doing. And you're seeing guys who've got limited minutes uh, early in the season on this roster. You know, talking Miles McBride. Miles McBride paid 45 minutes mm -hmm. uh, tonight. Um, and here's the thing. Some people may say, oh, Tibbs played him too much. Well, what was he going to do? They had eight, they had seven, eight people out there. So somebody was going to play a bulk of minutes. You saw Preston Sachua, I think, also played over 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. The thing is, th these are good minutes for Miles McBride, yeah. um, where he's still learning. You know, he didn't shoot the ball as well from deep as he had been uh, tonight, but he's still competing on defense. You see Josh Hart competing. And I think this matters when there's no Julius Randle, when there's no Jalen Brunson tonight, when there's no OG Ananobi, who's going to be out for at least three weeks. Now, this stuff, you see how this team is competing. It's in the DNA, and that stuff matters. So, yeah, the Knicks lost this game. Yeah. They really won off the court and trades, which we'll get to. But I also think there's a winning culture being built here when you're seeing the role players play hard. There's that next man up mentality. I know that's very cliche in sports, but it really is taking on with this team, and, and I, I think it's really good. The other thing I will add, too, is, man, Dante DiVincenzo has been good. And yes. his confidence in the past four to five weeks has just been crazy, man. He's just been taking off, and he's been the, he looks so confident coming off the screens and pulling up. Um, so, you know, I think if you're if you're a Knicks fan, you got to be excited about today for many reasons. They lost, but you know, you know, you know, they really won. We'll talk about that. So, yeah. you know, they really won. Yeah, <laughs> we, we, we we really won. I yeah. I, I want to get into Dante. Dante DiVincenzo last five games averaging twenty seven points. <laughs> 39% from three, 46% from the field, 1.8 steals. Uh, usually when you get more minutes and higher volume, mm -hmm. usually your shots, if you're not like a real starter or, or not like a real like go-to guy, they start to, the percentages start to dip. I'll uh, mild your bro. Uh, not happening with Dante. <laughs> it's not happening with Dante. Not at all. So it's one of those things that make you go, hmm, type of moments. Like, what is he really? Is he, is he, 
like I don't know. I thought he was just gonna be some standstill shooter, but he's he's expanding his game. But I feel like I'm getting ahead of myself. Brian G, what what did you think? What did you think of the game? I'm excited to talk about Dante. <laughs> <laughs> well, there wasn't much to expect from this game. The Knicks had a lot of injuries, a lot of players out. Um the trade went down, so that even shortened their bench even more. So it really going into this game you were just hoping that the team would just fight. And that's exactly what they did, fight. And it's funny because I was on Instagram early today and, you know, people post a lot of memes and stuff. And there's this meme that somebody posted. And basically it reads that everybody in the NBA is scoring like 150 points every night. Then they come to Madison Square Garden and, and the Knicks beat them with metal bats for two hours. And that's basically, <laughs> what, and this basically what the team is about. Like, they don't make it easy on you at all. And despite the fact that they were shorthanded. They gave the Mavericks a lot of trouble. The Mavericks couldn't run away with this game like they should have with Luka and Kyrie playing and, and having most of their players. So I think you, I think as a Knicks fan, you could be proud that you, these guys stepped up, especially guys like Charlie Brown Jr. and Jacob Toppin, mm-hmm. guys at the end of the bench where, mm-hmm. you know, they stepped up and you played good, good minutes and, and contributed as well. Dante DiVincenzo is showing that he was he's more than just a bench player when he originally came to the Knicks. The dude's actually a legit starter. Mm-hmm. And even even when it comes to shot creation, yeah, it's like yeah, he's a better shot, he's a better shot creator than I thought he was. And mm. it doesn't matter whether he's open, whether it's a hand in his face. If 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 that shot goes up, there's a good chance it's going in. And he's been the most impressive during this during these streak of games with with the Knicks and the injuries that they've had. And Josh Hart, you have to big him up as well. I know that people were getting on him earlier in the season because they thought that he wasn't performing to his contract. But lately, with all these injuries, Josh Hart showing his value as well. If only if he could if only if he could develop a jump shot. If he develop a jump shot, Josh Hart would be yeah, one of the, he probably would be like one of the best role players in the league, like man. top five. Facts. So, his jump shot slider is all the way at three. That's crazy. Like everything else is up. Three. <laughs> everything else is up. Jump shots. Not a, nope. Waste too much on rebounds. We got. We got. We got to slide that joint right back now. Crazy. <laughs> Triple double for Josh Hart, man. Triple double, man. Most role playing is role player ever. He, he, he almost remind me of like bootleg Russell Westbrook a little bit. The way he'd be running down the court and stuff. <laughs> I don't yeah, yeah, you'll take you'll take it. <laughs> what you thinking, Lee? What you thinking, Lee? I don't I already know championship is on the mind. What, what else you think? There is. First off, I want to big up uh our man Dexter Henry, a true ally. I think that word is thrown around a lot in a very empty sense. Dexter is a true ally. It don't matter if you're a person of color, queer, a woman, no matter what your background is, how much money you have in a bank. Dexter Henry, if you know ball and you're a decent human being, Dexter Henry is going to give you an opportunity to hold open the door uh, and help you walk through. So I want to give him major props for what he's done for the KOT show. That's a fact. And, I mean, you, you've helped out all of us, brother. But I think especially having Ryan G being in studio and giving that wow. platform, the people being able to hear his thoughts and the way his mind works to me is one of the greatest accomplishments. Stephen, the KOT show has been able to do, and I really appreciate you for doing that for him. Well, well, thank, thank you, man, and thank you. And I, Ryan, and I, Ryan, we, you know, Ryan could tell people. We, Ryan, we had a good time when you came up. Um, I was glad when you came up to the studio, and I was glad to make that happen. Say when JLs came up to the studio, we got to get you up to the studio, Lee. When you're here in New York, we got to make that happen. Yeah, it's nice. And you know, yes, to your sir. point, 
to your point on on allyship, and I think I've talked to you guys about this before. Um, you know, I think uh, being a being an I don't want to say advocate, but just supporting you know people who maybe don't get always the opportunities has always been important to me as a journalist. So, you know, I think you have to try to open doors. You have to try to have different diverse voices. That's literally what you guys do um, in mm -hmm. the content that you create, and and I think that it is important that we support that because there's so many systems whether it's in media or journalism that don't don't think of that unfortunately and i try i try when i make my content to to think about who's speaking who's diverse you know making sure it's not just a bunch of dudes up there all the time or just a bunch of people that look the same all the time and so i, I do try to be conscious of that so when people like you say that lee um and you you appreciate it and i know all of you do i i appreciate that you appreciate it i'm not doing it for any reason other than I think that's what we're supposed to be doing. We're supposed to, that's what we're all supposed to be doing. So I, I appreciate that you appreciate it, man. Like, thank you. That that means a lot to me. Uh, thank you. Dexter is a real one. Like I keep saying every, every program, like yo, Dexter is a real one. I've been telling my girl, I'm like, yo, Dexter is real as hell. I've been telling my girl. We got to help each other out, yeah, man. man. That's, what we're, <laughs> that's what we're here to do, man. That's, that's, that's all I believe in. That's what we're here to do. So. Absolutely. Well, I, I think, I think you could have a step further. I, I reached out to you. You could have just had me and not had Jay Ellis. Mm -hmm. You could have mm. had JLS founded the show, but the mm. fact you also had Ryan, you gave Ryan that opportunity in studio. I don't think there's any net fan that he's his voice heard more than, than that brother right there. He is so underrated and so intelligent. Him and JLS have been such a great duo for so long. I was just so proud and happy to see him have that platform. Yeah, okay. well, listen, you, you, every every one of you have something to bring to the table. I really believe that. I say that and I really believe that. If your work wasn't good, you wouldn't be there. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you guys are good. You guys are good at what you do. You're you're knowledgeable. Um, you you know the Knicks, you're passionate. Um and, you know, we all do this thing in media sports because we started off as fans. We we, we love sports. That's yeah. why I do what I do. Uh, I wouldn't be doing this if I didn't love it. So, you know, when I see that same passion reflected and I see people doing that, you know, that that matters a lot to me, man, to 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 do that. So, yeah, I, I think so I was talking saying this to somebody the other day. I think something that I'm realizing in what I do is I get so and I might have told you this, Ryan, I said this to you. I get so much joy out of seeing people have the joy for the opportunities that come their way. Like that, that brings me joy. You know, it's like, it brings me joy to do great interviews and tell great stories. And I've been blessed to do some of that in my career, but when I'm able to help other people, especially people of color, especially people who are underrepresented communities that are underrepresented, that brings me so much joy to help that because we still have so such a long way to go in this country um, you know, you know, with that for different groups, whether you're black, whether you're Latino, whether you're queer, there's so much that we have to do. Um, and it, it, it takes the work, man, but I do get joy about it. So when Ryan tells me, you know, he appreciates it. And Ryan and I had a conversation about that when he came up, same with JL, same with you, Lee, you, you and I've had conversations about that. I know it's real. And I know it's from the heart. So like that just, I'm like, if you're happy and I see what it means to people, Yo, that 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 makes me happy because, like I said, that's what we're supposed to do, man. We're supposed to spread the love. It's not, it's not about gatekeeping and keeping things for yourself, and that stuff is whack. Like, don't do that. Like, yeah, I'm not, right. I'm not with that. So, you know, however I can help, um, that's that's what I'm gonna do. You know, I've told Jay Ellis that. You know, whatever he asked me for something or to try to connect, make a connect or something like that. I'm like, man, if that if that's gonna help y'all, I'm gonna and I can do it. Yeah, I appreciate that.
Appreciate that. Yeah, man. I, he's yo, he's your senior hall. You didn't sit in your hall this day, man. You didn't sit in your hall. <laughs> hey, hey, All that's right. that's a great compliment. I will take that. Yeah, if y'all know, if y'all know <laughs> the Yosemite Hall, Yosemite Hall was was <laughs> he he ran a, a, a talk show back in the day, and he broke a lot of <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he broke a yep. lot of different acts, it was, and he brought them to the forefront. That's why I, I said I called. Yeah, him. Yeah, he did, man. He yeah. did. <laughs> He did. Call the senior. Salute to Arsenio Hall. Yeah, salute to Arsenio Hall. Back to the Knicks. In terms, in terms of the game, I hate losing to the Mavs, yeah. and I will be out in my bright orange and blue jumper tomorrow with my nice. black nail polish and my hoop earrings. But nice. best believe I am from the hood, and I will be ready to fight any Mavs fan who wants to. We know. Bro, haymakers, and I dress that way on purpose for those eyes and those ears. Yo. We don't Lee, need don't, we don't need that, Lee. We need you Lee, here. I feel, I feel like uh, I feel like Lee <laughs> Lee, you might have had you did you have an encounter with a Mavs fan before? Have you fought a Mavs fan before? Yes, I have. Yes, oh, I, have. I, I had a feeling I can tell there was a lot of energy behind that. Many times, uh, all the way back, I think my first fight with a Mad fan was at like 05 in a machine shop that I, wor I worked in. A guy followed me around with a, a hammer when it cracked me in the head because I was talking shit about Dirk. Uh, oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. A long history of violence and a long history of, of uh, unstable dialogue with Mad fans. Damn. Yes, he, he was chasing me around. Uh, I was light, lighter back then, so I was faster than, than he was. Uh, all right, the game, the game, the game, the game. Yes. Um, so I'm known for hot takes, but let me tell y'all something. You tell me what hot take I've had that's wrong. All right. I said 50 burger, 47 wins. Definitely 50 burger this year. I said, I said East Thomas finals. That's definitely happening this year. Jalen Brunson, best free agent signing, superstar, best point guard in the lead. Here we are. Leon Rose, executive of the year. Here we are. Here's something else I said. Isaiah Hardenstein, I've been talking about him for a long time, but also Precious, both those guys contributing mm -hmm. to me. But here's one I said recently, and I know you know where I'm going, Jay Ellis, because no one knows my mind like you. Dante DiVincenzo has all-star potential. He has a higher ceiling than R.J. Barrett. I said this two shows ago, and I really think if he can start showing off that mid-range game more, he has true all-star potential, and we have one of the best backcourts already in the NBA. Yeah, and it's funny. When you said it, I was like, Lee, I was already thinking. I was like, I think he has – Think he has all star potential, but you said it when he had like a more downish game when he had seventeen points. I was waiting for I was waiting for like the other up game to say, but you was like, nah, he got all star versus the Lakers. He was like, nah, he got all star potential. But That's listen, when a guy is shooting thirty points a game, and the the top player is not there anymore, and you are now the focal point of the offense, and your percentages are still Steady. That tells me that there's more there to your game than we thought, and we only signed mm -hmm. like Leon. Like I, I said this before, Leon Rose is, is a he should be in jail for the type of thievery he's been pulling off. You see, like he oh. lock him up for real. They talk about it's Hillary Clinton lock Leon up. They signed that boy for twelve million a year <laughs> for four, three, four years. We got him on twelve million a year. We got we have a an. MVP caliber point guard on our books who's getting paid around what 23 25 million dollars. We have Hartenstein who's a starting level center who's here for nine ten million. Usually, there's no bad contract on the Knicks, man. Man, nope. you, you, the, the thing is, usually, usually, right? Draft picks are so valuable because you get if you get a great talent 
on cheap contracts for a long time. It helps you stay flexible. Leon has found a way to do that without draft picks, but with actual free agent signings. So our books are just freaking beautiful. And we have starter level talent on cheap deals for years. That is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is you know what you know what you know what that is? You know what that is though, Jay Ellis? What's that? It's a word that Knicks fans haven't heard in a long time. That is competence. Mm-hmm. That, that is what that is. That is competence, guys. That is that, competence. It is, that is, it what is beyond time, in my opinion, to put some respect on Leon Rose's name. Let's go. Yeah. Yes. And, and, no, you, if you were doubting, and that's fine if you were, you know, you said, okay, he's never been an executive. If I get it, you were doubting. I've kind of been saying this. For the last couple of years, I thought the Knicks have made smart moves. I thought they've made patient moves. I think people haven't given the Knicks enough credit for the drafting they did. Mm-hmm. And listen, there was some, there was a very small segment. I saw this today on Twitter, very small segment of the fan base that was like, man, we gave up. Quickly is gone and RJ is gone. And now Grimes is gone and Obi is gone and all our homegrown Knicks are gone. But what did it get you? That's the thing. What did it get you? It got you OG and Obi. Yeah. It got you good role players in Alec Burks and Boyan Bogdanovich, right? Mitch is still here as a homegrown guy, by the way. That's a second round pick. Last man standing. Yeah, right, last man standing. <laughs> but it, it it's the Knicks still have eight picks to play with, right? They'll have something like I think it's eleven picks over the next seven years. Mm-hmm. They're in a great position, and and it is actually because of smart free agent signings. And also smart drafting. I know people will be like, oh, they haven't hit on a superstar. Well, they got one in free agency. That's Jalen Brunson. Yeah. They have made really good value drafts. Grimes was a great value pick at 25. So was quickly. I mean, he was the centerpiece on the other side for, the, for you to get OG, who's a fantastic fit. I think what Leon Rose has excelled at, really and truly, if you want to talk about it, is finding the pieces that fit one of the things when you look at good teams in any sport is that they know their culture they know their identity and it's from the top down and then they find out the pieces that fit and get those guys in there and there's no wasted time with that and the knicks have done that nobody's sitting here i don't think anybody really is and it's like man alec burks coming back doesn't fit with tom thibodeau now you might be a little concerned about boyan bogdanovich's defense i get it yes he's a traffic cone or whatever Mm -hmm. but i might have a feeling I might have a feeling that somebody might push him to play just a little bit better defense he's had before. He's not going to be a defensive (laughs) stopper. We just can't have him out there looking like Trey Young. That's it. (laughs) If that happens, I think they can be okay and he can shoot. And so the Knicks spacing has gotten better. And again, this is not a finished product. But I think today, I know we're going to get in trades. Knicks fans should be hyped. And I think I've seen seen all you guys on Twitter. Let let Leon cook. Let Leon cook. Mm -hmm. Hey, man, he's cooking. Yeah, man. You, you, you now, now it's time about serving it. Now it's about the Knicks serving up a meal yes, that the dope. people can eat. I, that's what it's about. Can't wait. I can't that's wait. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. That's what it's about. <laughs> you remember, 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 remember you asked me, like, what did you think about all season signing? And I, mm-hmm. I think I said a C. I think I said a C. At that point, I didn't know that Dante was, was I knew he was going to be good, but I didn't know he was going to be this good. One. But two, I was really waiting on that. Wing. That's what I really want. I said I needed that wing, and we got one. But 
you know what? I hope there's a lesson learned in that though for Knicks fans. And yeah, I'm not Jay Ellis. I don't think you were wrong when you when you came up with me and we talked about that. I don't think you were wrong to feel that way. I just think there's a lesson to be learned in team building is not all in the offseason or it's not all at the trade deadline. Right. It's a process. Like it's a process, right? And and good organizations stick to the process. They don't rush it. I think a lot of times fans think there's an in-season trade that propels a team to a championship. That rarely ever happens. The last time that might have happened, we was talking about this on my show today, is probably the 4 Pistons yeah. when they got Rasheed Wallace. Yeah. But that rarely ever happens. And Rasheed Wallace at that point, it wasn't Rasheed Wallace wasn't a superstar. He was kind of the final cog in the starting five. Right. Right. And it's it's the smaller moves. That matters. Some people may look at OG Ananobi, and there were some critics of that trade. Oh, it doesn't move the needle for the Knicks. Oh, he does, he's not a star. And it's like, <laughs> he's a perfect fit perfect. for this team. A, a, a big wing who could guard, who could hit threes. He's unlocked everything else. And I know all of us are excited, even me. Is, I can't wait till he comes back and yeah. we see how it looks once this team is healthy. So I don't kill anybody for saying... Oh man, I didn't see it. I didn't really. The offseason was underwhelming. I get where you're coming from, but you know what? Sometimes it's a lot of steady, sometimes underwhelming moves that lead, that build that competence. Yeah. Right. And and gets you to the point where you're out here feeling like Lee, and Lee's out here saying they're gonna win a championship this year. And I'm not even gonna come and say that Lee is crazy. I'm not doing any of that. I'm just saying for Lee, I understand the optimism, and I don't really think the optimism's crazy. That's all. You don't I'm think you're crazy, Lee? Progress. I'm not going that far. I'm not going as far as Lee. Progress. I'm not going to go there, but I don't think it's crazy. I understand why you feel as good as you've probably felt about this Knicks team in a long time, and I think a lot of Knicks fans should feel as good about this Knicks team and this mm -hmm. organization as they've had in a long time because they've been giving you a reason. You can see what it is. You can see the identity. You can see the culture. Now, there's still question marks, but you can see the plan. You can see where they're trying to go, and that's good. It'd be nice if we still heard a little bit more from Leon Rose other than the tweet, but you can still see where he's trying to go, and you got to respect that. You got to. You got. To. I'm just happy we have. Oh, we have so. I'm just so. I was so tired of watching Dante guard like six nine dudes. Like looking. Like I'm glad we have OG here who can look somebody eye to eye and not Dante looking eye to nipple. Like it was driving me crazy with him. <laughs> Dante guarding Tatum. Like this is our stopper. Like no, <laughs> we're not going to beat the Celtics this way. I'm happy. I'm happy. But yeah, speaking of happy though, let's just get to it, man. Let's do it. If you, if you don't know, if you haven't been, if you've been living under a rock and you did not realize a trade happened today, a trade happened today. And I need all your thoughts. All right. And listen, the Pistons, they got our guy. They got Quentin Grimes, Grimes High, still Grimes High. They got Evan Fournier finally off the books. He's out of jail. They got Malachi Flynn, and they got two future second round picks. But the Knicks. Oh wait, also they got our, our Ryan Archie. I keep messing up his name. Ryan Archie Nakano. Archie Nakano. Archie Nakano. It's the best I've said it. <laughs> Close enough. But the Knicks receive Alec Burks, uh, who will be solidifying our bench. And Bojan Bogdanovich. So I got to start off with Dexter, what he thinks about the trade in general, um, pros, cons. Uh, 
Dare I say a grade? Do you want to grade this? <laughs> yeah, I could grade it. I'll, I'll grade it. It's a it's it's a damn A plus. And I, it's interesting how the trade came out. And I saw some I saw some people react to this very similar to me on Twitter because I was like first when it came out it was like Grimes for Burks and Grimes in two seconds. Yeah, I didn't like Burks. that. I was like, I didn't like. I that. was like I was like oh damn that's a lot for yeah. Alec Burks. <laughs> like no no shade to Alec Burks but I was like damn that's a lot for him. Um, mm -hmm. So I said wow I think I tweeted something like a quote tweet and I was like wow Grimes to give Grimes to get Burks like yeah. so that was a lot. But then when I saw the full details of the trade I was like oh no okay and it made sense because I was like the salary stuff kind of didn't match and somebody had tweeted that i mean they were right about that um so shout out to whoever put that was on that early but then when i saw they're getting bogdanovich back and they traded flynn and you know ryan archidinaco and i saw all, the, all that going i said okay i like this this is two role players two guys that could shoot i have some questions about bogdanovich's defense mm -hmm. but i like this because they addressed their needs on the bench the knicks bench which if you had looked at it was actually struggling offensively, but playing really, really well defensively. That's the thing. They were in like the top of defense the bench unit was. But they, they just like, when Brunson was out, I'm like, man, Brunson's gonna get worn down. I think the Lakers game that was on Saturday was a winner for what you could have seen the team mm -hmm. do against Brunson for the rest of the season had they not gotten another ball handler and some help. And this is this is not what I'm about to say. This is not any shit to be from outright who actually really, really, really like a role player and think he's on a great value contract right here to stay in Knicks organization, he just is not ready to take on that responsibility of handling the ball yeah. when he needed he needed another shot creator, and Dante wasn't having to do too much, and that's when you start to worry, guys, with the team building. It's nice mm -hmm. when guys can step up, but you don't want to ask people to do too much, and even Brunson, who we all think is amazingly dope. You don't want him to be doing so much to the point where he's wearing down. So getting someone like Alec Burch, who's played in this system, who understands it is huge. He can knock down the three. He's not going to be scared in big moments. Boyan Bogdanovich as well, too. Also a proven playoff performer. It's perfect. And then the, the thing I like really like about this trade, you didn't really lose what you had in Evan Fournier because one of the things I kept hearing around the Knicks was if they were going to make a trade at the deadline, they wanted to bring back somebody who had a longer term on their contract past this year, mm -hmm. particularly with a significant amount of salary in Ooh. the event that they want to make a future trade, they could, because that was the thing. I think had they kept Fournier, they would have probably picked up that option and looked at them flip him. Now with Bogdanovich, because he is a partial guarantee that they can, if they don't want him, they can let him go before June 29th. I think it's only $3 million, but if they pick it up, then you have that salary on the books for next season. But if you want to flip him into something else and part of a larger trade, you can. So again, the Knicks still have all this flexibility. The best thing where they get an A for this is they did not even touch a first round pick. It's crazy guys. Crazy. They didn't have to give a first round yeah. pick. I thought for two players they might have, but they didn't have to give a first round pick. And they got two players to help their team. One that might even help their team pass this year, whether it's to get another trade. How is that not a win? You just got the bench just got the offense got better. You're gonna need that now with OG out. You're gonna need that now with Randall out, and you're hoping those guys come back. But the strength of the Knicks now is depth, but they got back some of what they were missing once they traded away quickly off the bench. And I think that was the goal here at the deadline. Mm -hmm. They got that done. And these are two guys who were proven. And they fit into the Knicks. The Knicks had some veterans that fit in. I, I don't see how this is not an A-plus, man. I just, like, this. 
I mean, if you want to nitpick and tell me you gave it an A or A minus, maybe you're mad they gave up one second round pick more than you thought. I think you're tripping. But this this is this is fine. I'd love to see the person that tells me they dislike this trade. I feel like they do. I'd have to tell them I don't think they know what they're doing or what they're saying. <laughs> so that's listen. This is a, this is a home run of a trade. Um, and I think the really the big thing is the players work and they didn't give up first round pick. Yeah, the Knicks have all their first round picks. The Knicks could still. The Knicks have so much flexibility. They could move up in this year's draft if they want to add a young piece. And we'll, I hate talking about that because we'll see how this season we plays out. Nobody. Dexter, come on. <laughs> I, see, I, see, I don't know, man. You I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying this team has been operating with competence. Right? You can't mm -hmm. look at the last regimes where you're like, man, they're going to mess this up. And I understand why you felt that way. I'm just saying there's a there's a there's flexibility they could move up they could identify somebody they could use that in the trade to get somebody i do think they're star hunting and they will but the knicks are in such a good position because and for you knicks fans out there and i don't know if anybody in the chat is saying this if you're mad at this trade because you don't think they got a star the knicks were not getting a star at the deadline they were not everybody no, knew this right you guys had you guys had the homie michael scott on look i love the lights that's going on for lee right now he's a party <laughs> mode. um you guys had Michael Scotto on. I had him on with me recently. I haven't talked to him on the other day. And he said, look, it's likely going to be a smaller move. Alec Burks was one of the names that we had discussed. Mm -hmm. And everything I was hearing around the Knicks was it was going to be a smaller move. This was not going to be for a star. I think the Knicks know this is a very strong evaluation year once they got OG. We're going to see how this team performs, how healthy they are when they get to the playoffs. And then this team, they're going to evaluate. And they're going to see where they want to tinker from there. And what we're going to see as observers and media and content creators, we're going to see which other teams struggle in the playoffs, who flames out, what other star becomes disgruntled and one's out. Once out, the Knicks are in a great position. They didn't have to rush this. You know why, guys? Because there was no star out there to get that was available right now. There was none that you were. And I know people think that's the case, but there was nobody on the market. Who are you going to get? You're going to tell me DeJounte Murray? Nah. The Hawks also knew they could get more for him in the offseason. They weren't going to do that. Don't Zach Levine went off the board when he was out, and I wouldn't have wanted him anyway. Yeah. Calling Anthony Towns, I don't know why some of y'all want him at all whatsoever. <laughs> don't get it. There's nobody out there. I didn't now, say it. He said it. I didn't say it. But here's the thing, guys. <laughs> what happens? Let's look at the team that the Knicks played tonight. What if the Mavs flame out in the playoffs and people start talking about Luka? That's what Lee what says all the, the time. Sun <laughs> what if the Suns flame out and Devin Booker's like, y'all, I'm trying to get up out there. That's what I said. You don't know. What you want to be is a competent organization with a good culture that's winning, that's then attractive for stars who want to come and join and be a part of it and pair with Jalen Brunson. The Knicks are to put themselves well in that position right now, and that is all you could have hoped for. And they're winning games, too. So yeah. it's not that bad. A-plus, man. A-plus. Yeah, A-plus. Yeah, A-plus. A a hey, man, listen. <laughs> hey, I'm not gonna lie, Dexter. I got the news in pieces, so my thought process was very similar to you. Especially because, okay, yeah. Especially because Mike was here, very much reading all of Mike's articles, very much reading <laughs> what people are worth and what executives people think people are worth. And I remember distinctively, even mentioning on this program, I wanted Alec Burks distinctively because I felt like we can get him without giving up much. We can get him for two mm -hmm. second round picks. That's what executives mm -hmm. said in in his write ups. They feel like he's he's uh, available for two second round picks. So when I saw two second round picks and and Quentin Grimes, 
I was like, Rrr. I was like, wait, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, it felt like an overpay. Yeah, yeah. it felt like an yeah. overpay. But then yeah. the Pistons won. I think the Pistons won like a first for for Bojan. I, I believe I read that. Believe I read that. I'm not 100 sure. Probably like no. They 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 were no. You're right about that. They were looking for a first for Bojan Bogdanovich. They right. were. Yeah. So if so, it's like if you think of it, it's like okay. Well, they wanted the first for Bojan, but they gave Grimes instead of the first. Then in my head, it was like, okay, it's making sense now. It, it's, mm-hmm. it's making sense. Okay, now I can see where everything fits. I still have my concerns with his defense. I've, I said this a, a few times on this program, and we'll get into that. Um, but I can't be mad about that thought process, especially, especially because... Leon Rose, you sly dog, man. You you smooth. <laughs> Especially because OG Ananobi, as soon as the trade happens, Woj bomb drops, boom. OG Ananobi had surgery. I got questions. I remember watching the putback and Steve and Stephen Bondi saying in particular, hey, um, I think. I think the Knicks are being coy on the injury because they don't want to see desperate at the trade deadline. I remember him say saying that. that on the putback. He did. He did. And then the news drops, and as soon as the trade happens, boom, all of a sudden he had surgery. When exactly did the surgery happen? Did he have surgery like two days ago and he hit it? Like, I feel like Leon's, Leon's playing no. chess, man. Leon's I think that's very possible, especially when you looked at the wording that came out before, after the la- the previous game, uh, after Tuesday's game, because then the Knicks, he was day-to-day, right? And then the Knicks were like, he's out. And I was like, oh, this injury might be a little bit more serious. Now, what Steph had alluded to there, and he's right about, and this is all the stuff that like fans should know too, you can't you can't show all your cards when you're trying to make these deals, right? Mm-mm. Because if a team knows that you're down bad and desperate, if a team had known that about OG, they they would have said, "Okay, Randall's down, uh, OG's down." Mm-hmm. And we just saw Brunson roll his ankle the other night, even though it doesn't look that bad. Oh, they're down bad, so now we're gonna try to fleece them, and they would have had you, but because they didn't know that. I get you know who was really mad today? Troy Reaver when he saw that news come out. That man was not happy. He was like, damn, I could have got him for a first. Exactly. Had him. It's like we could have we could have had him. But you know what? Well played. Well played, poker player Leon Rose. Well played. That's how you that's how you play the game. You know what I mean? You don't you don't put that out there. And I'm sure the Knicks kept that very close. And yeah, maybe he had surgery earlier. They didn't do anything against the rules. They did list him as out going forward on the injury report. They did say that. They just didn't give specifics. And Knicks also, to be fair, they haven't really been that uh, clear with injuries lately. You know, it took us a while. We found out that stuff late about Mitchell Robinson when we thought he was done for the year. And then we mm-hmm. find out, oh, he might not be done. So the Knicks, um, it's, it's a little, it's a little gamesmanship, and you got to respect it, man. You got to respect it. When Steph said that. He knew something, and uh, and and that was a that was a good call on his part. It was a good call, call. A very, very good call. That and combined with the combined with the Grimes stuff, because Grimes had a knee injury. He tweaked his knee one game, came back in, mm-hmm. and then you never saw him again. Mm-hmm. So he was good enough to play the same game, but he was not good enough to play subsequent games in a row. I and see what you're alluding to there. You said you're wondering if they held him out, maybe. Yes. Maybe. Maybe. 
possible. Listen, this is trade season, but man, a anything is possible at <laughs> these times. You know what I mean? Like it's any anytime it's the trade, it's the draft. I'll tell believe half of what you hear. Or what you and what you see too. There's a lot of gamesmanship going on, a lot of information being withheld, and who's interested in this and who's willing to give this. And who, that's that's the NBA yeah. movement to the front office, man. It's 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 a lot of there's a lot of lying. Let's just put it like that. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of lying. Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of lying. And shout, and shout out the to game Raw. Is the game. Shout out to Raw because that's where I got that hypothesis from. Raw said that. I was like, damn. <laughs> no, it's not crazy. It's not crazy at all. No. For sure, Look, not crazy. Yeah, I want to get y'all thoughts on the trade too. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, it was me, 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 and that. What did y'all think about the trade? Go ahead, Ryan G. I already know Lee got the, got the A. <laughs> I'll say this. Um, I, like everyone else, my thoughts are pretty much mixed about the trade at first. When I saw two seconds, when I saw two seconds and grabs for Burks, I was kind of annoyed. Because I felt like if they were to trade away Grimes, they might have they might have well done it for somebody who was, you know, a guy that probably could have made a greater impact like the Jonte Murray or someone like that. Mm. But then as the trade fleshed out and I saw that they got Bogdanovic and Burks for basically Grimes in two seconds, because the other players aren't even a part of Knicks rotation. So the Knicks losing them isn't isn't no major isn't no major deal. So once I saw it, once I saw the trade from that aspect, I was like, okay, it's not that bad of a trade. And when I think about the trade, of course, I wasn't too high on Bogdanovic because I know he struggles defensively. And when I look at the makeup of this team, this team puts his hat on defense. It's a defense first team. And I felt before the trade, the Knicks had a championship caliber defense where they could pretty much match up with anybody and give any team hell on any given night. So I didn't want to see that get messed up. And Grimes was a part of that coming off the bench. So that's why I wasn't really too high on the Knicks losing Grimes in the first place. But when I but now when I look at the trade, I'm like, okay, the starting lineup went healthy. They're going to bash teams. Defensively, championship caliber, the starting lineup. And, th and that team is going to produce very high plus minuses in games. So basically, if you have a starting lineup that can bash other teams' starting lineups and actually jump out to leads, basically all you need is a bench that can keep a lead. And and the Knicks didn't have that once they traded away RJ and quickly. The bench is where they struggled. So I, so when I thought about it, I was like, okay, then bringing in Bogdanovic and then, and then bringing in Burks. Even if Bogdanovic is a quote-unquote cone on defense, you would think that with Burks and Bogdanovic in that second unit, they should, be, they should at least be able to hold leads, even if Bogdanovic is poor on defense. So the fact that the Knicks have a starting lineup that can pretty much get out on teams, build leads, and you have a bench now that are competent enough to where they can at least hold the lead, that's what the Knicks need. So when I think from that standpoint, it's a very good trade. Um, And the thing is with Bogdanovic's defense, I know – he was ne he's never known as a defender, but also at the same time, I do take into account he was playing with Detroit. Detroit yes. is a bad all-around team. Yep. And sometimes when you play for a bad all-around team, you know that every game you play is going to practically be a loss. Sometimes you don't play with optimal effort on the mm -hmm. court. So there's going to be a lot of times where you're just not going to care on defense and you're probably just going to try and get your points or whatever the case may be. 
So my hope is that him being in a quote unquote contender situation out with the Knicks, that's going to make him at least play some kind of defense that he wasn't playing on the Pistons with, to, to make it at least a little bit, not saying he's going to be competent, but at least not be a whole traffic cone. You know, he's going to at least, you know, play some kind of defense with the Knicks, seeing that the Knicks is a contending team and that's what Thibs demands of his players. So from that standpoint, you know, once I thought about it, I was like, it's a good trade. And I do think that it propels the Knicks into definitely top two in the East. I think they're right up there with the Celtics as one of the better teams in the East. And they have a really good chance of making the finals. I'm not all the way out of the window yet. Um, but I do think that if this team puts it together and they play the way that I think they're capable of playing, I do think they, I do think, think that they do have a strong chance to make some noise and you never know. They could possibly win the finals. You never know. Uh, you know, you know, you know, you know, what my brain says, my brain says last year, Miami went to the finals. Last year, the Knicks lost to Miami. Is this year's team better than last year's team? Yes. Yep. Yes, they are. If this year's team is better than last year's team, and last year Miami went to the finals, I think we have a shot, Doug. I think we have a shot. Like I said, it's, it's just the Celtics. It's the Celtics. But like I said, we got somebody who can guard Tatum now. So that's like half the battle to me. Half the battle to me. One half of the battle is Tatum, another half of the battle is Brazilians. <laughs> That's the way I really see it. Uh, but go ahead, Lee. Uh, all right. Let's get into this. A plus 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 this plus the OG trade plus the DiVincenzo signing executive of the year for Leon Rose. Mm. Best exec in the game. I think he has surpassed Presti and the current here and now as the best front office leader in the NBA. All right. What I love about him is he does what other teams used to do to us. They call, put up the phone, they call us, hey, we want this guy. Hey, you also want to throw in this other guy over here too? And then we end up giving him a piece that becomes a T-Cod in a championship team. I mean, you think about J.R. Smith, like Cavs called Phil Jackson. They won J.R. They all started him on Shumpert, and Shumpert was just as huge as J.R. was in that 2016 Cavs team win it all. Leon does that now too. Calls Toronto. I want OG. Also, why don't you do me Precious as well? And Ludo Precious has done for us. He calls Detroit. We need Albert Burtz as a backup playmaker. Oh, yeah. What about Bojan? Is he available too? These package deals and multiple players, the pinpointed fit and positional need, plus someone off the bench who gives you a brand new dynamic where now we got Precious in guard with three through five. Or Bojan now, who's a sniper, one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA, and gives you off the bench on-ball shot creation. Brilliant. I love my man, Leon Rose. I am ready to call him the Don. Double blessings to my man, Raw Hebrew Remnant, for coining that phrase. Here's a few more things. I also want to give him credit. My man Dexter said a great point. He finds fit. He also finds fit not just on the court, but also in the front office. Major shout out, Walt Perrin, for finding and developing mm -hmm. these young guys mm -hmm. to become assets later on. Mm -hmm. Rock, for knowing how to manage this team for the first time in my fandom, 
on the cap side. Yes. We know how to make these trades and all these contracts. We are still under $3 million under the cap threshold. That is a masterclass in managing not only your roster, but your pocketbook as well. And we know Dolan's all about, Dolan will pay whatever it takes. He don't care about the luxury tax holes, but Brock Hour allows us to be flexible with our contracts. And now that Bojan can lock into his $19 million next year, we replace that Fournier trade piece moving forward for a bigger deal down the line. Also, masterclass. Here's what the Knicks have. They have the only team with five guys with a minimum of 100 three-point attempts that are shooting over 40% from three. The mm. only team in the NBA with five guys, Deuce Bride, Jalen Brunson, uh, Bojan, Br- uh, Burks. Dante DiVincenzo, and mm. Alec Burks. Those five mm. guys are all shooting over 40% from three with 100 minimum attempts. Guess what else? You know who leads the NBA in points per touches? Bojan Bondanovic. Number one, number two, Embiid, number three, marketing, number four, Kawhi Leonard. Wow. We did not just get a spot-up shooter off the bench. We have someone who can create his own shot and give you a completely different dynamic when he subs in for Julius Randle. Yes, he's a traffic cone, but this New York Knicks team has one of the best team defenses in the last decade. Decade coached by a true defensive maestro and Tom Thibodeau. Yes, Dexter, I am giving him his flowers. Yes, yeah, I was amazing. when I was on your Can't show. Can't believe it. I was right then, I'm wrong now. Because I said that before, his masterclass playoff, second round appearance, for the second time in his career, he beat a hired C a team. I am now fully on the tip strain. I burnt the sign. I put the sign through, <laughs> through, through the wood chipper. It will no longer exist. We'll fire anything now. Not only hire, extend. Listen, we have a great chance to win the championship this year. I think it will happen. I think it's likely the finals is the bare minimum. Those stats and things I just pointed out are things I have never seen as a fan in the James Dolan era. I wasn't here for 99, wasn't here for 94, wasn't here for Bernard King, wasn't here for 70-73. I've only been here for James Dolan. And that says a lot. And I've never seen a front office move with this much competency and education and thought process. And it is a beautiful thing to behold. And it's going to give me and my father a championship to hug and cry on each other's shoulder. And we will be outside, Ryan G. You know what I'm about to say. We were outside forever. I want to say something that you said, Lee, that I thought was really good. And it it made me think about something Ryan had brought up the last time I was on here with you guys. Ryan spoke very astutely about the need for flexibility for this team and watching against the the changing, um, Mm -hmm. you know, CBA and the the second apron. And we were talking Mm -hmm. about all that. And that's (laughs) that's one of the things I think this team has kept in mind in the team building a ton, especially with the new rule changes coming to the cap. And so you look at that contract getting from Bogdanovich, you spoke so astutely Lee, about how important that was for them as well to add that, just to have that flexibility to trade for a big salary. And the thing I keep bringing on, this is a team that I said earlier, they don't have any bad contracts. They also do not have anybody that is on a max contract. It's a team that is winning right now with nobody in a max contract. Now, Treats we all know crazy. that is going to change. That is all going to change after next season when Jalen Brunson gets the bag. We all know that's going to change. But the key in sports and any salary cap sport is can you win and maximize the most out of your team before it gets expensive, before exactly. you have to pay your star like a superstar? And the Knicks are at the point where they're moving up and trending up while they're still below the luxury tax Crazy. they're not going to any be that second apron they are going to get there again after next season it's going to happen but hopefully at that point 
they are officially stamped as yeah. consistent championship contenders. You want to pay. This is what Ryan and I were talking about last time. You want to make sure when you're at that point that you're in the point of championship contention where it feels viable and it makes sense that you are paying a large amount with the luxury tax and aprons and all that stuff that it's worth it. That's why when everybody's like, man, go run and get a star now at the trade deadline. That's why it doesn't make sense. You're not... Yeah. I know Lee's been jumping out the window and we're saying all this stuff, but you're not 100% sure yet about this team. You feel good about it. The vibes feel good. You feel really good. But what the Knicks do in the playoffs this year still matters a ton. How Julius Randle plays if he comes back and is healthy is going to matter a ton in terms of developing. But the good thing about the Knicks is they have options. They can look at this team. If something doesn't work, like Julius Randle stinks again in the playoffs, Maybe he's gone. I'm not wishing him gone. I'm just saying maybe this happens. Maybe somebody else doesn't work, and they they have the flexibility to tweak with that. And that's the that's the competence that Lee is talking about that I think is so good for the fans. And I think I forget sometimes that the younger Knicks fans, like Lee, you just said that you're like, man, I didn't see '94, I didn't see '99, and I was young. I was really young at that point watching those teams, but. The 94 teams, those early 90s teams, they were run with this kind of competence. Yeah. They knew who they were. They knew the identity of what they were. And I'm glad to see that for the younger Knicks fans who maybe didn't get to see any of that at all because the last, you know, 20 plus years before 2020, uh, it was rough, man. <laughs> Some rough, those yeah. were rough times, you know? So I think to see that now and just see a level of thought process and thinking about the identity, even in Leon Rose's statement that he put out today on Twitter when the Knicks tweeted that out, you know, we talked about culture. He talked about Burks coming back and Bogdanovich and how they fit in. And I really believe that even though we don't hear a lot from Leon Rose, I do believe that based on what they've done, he's thinking about those words, thinking about culture, continuity, how all that works and plays together. And I think you have to really think about the team building specifically in, in when it does, the team is going to get expensive because the team will get expensive soon. But you want the team to be at the point where the players are invested in, like a Brunson, you know, you invest in him and give him the bag. We know it's going to be worth it. We know that already. That's a question you don't got to worry about. It's just the other pieces around him and who's that other, who's maybe the other piece you trade for and put around him. Mm -hmm. But this is the position you wanted to get into, Knicks fans. Yeah, man. We're here. We're here, man. Those fans that were trying to rush it. Yeah. Nah, man. This is where you were trying to be. And it was. It wasn't a sprint. It was a marathon. Yeah, and they're still running the marathon, but they had a good pace right now. Yeah. They had a good pace. I remember losing in, in the playoffs last year, telling them, like, yo, calm down. Like, we still in a good spot, guys. We got flexibility. Yeah. Yep. What, what, what do you mean flexibility is in championships? Like, what's, what's the line? <laughs> yeah, one of the, there's like one mantra that just kept being chanted over and over again. Oh, yeah, I have to want better for your team. Championships aren't built overnight, man. Yeah, that's not how it, it's not how it works in the NBA. People want the quick fix, but it doesn't work. It does. If, if, it, if the quick fix works, show me an example outside of the 2008 Lakers, excuse me, Celtics, where they traded for two Hall of Famers to add with another one, right, where they went from literally the worst record in the league to winning a championship. If it if it was like that, it would happen more often. But it doesn't. doesn't. It doesn't because there are no quick fixes for this. We all talk about how great we love Denver and what they're doing right now. And yes, they got they got a great find in Nikola Jokic in the second round, 
who's arguably the best player in the league. But you know what? They made other competent moves, trading for KCP, mm-hmm. picking up Aaron Gordon, which I think is almost like their version of the OG Ananobi trade a couple of years ago. And people looked at that trade and said, ah, it's Aaron Gordon. That's ah, okay. Yeah. Now you look at him and he's an integral part and a fourth option on a championship winning team. So it's 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 the little moves. And, and I think this team has shown that. And I think there'll be more moves to come that you just hope even if they get a little more success this year and they get to a conference finals or dare I say a finals, which Lee Lee wants <laughs> is that they still, you know, I think we all want to see that, but I think all just still <laughs> trust the process, not to take from the Sixers, trust to believe in your identity and what you're doing and what you're building. I mean, I think all that stuff is applicable to life. It's not just sports. It's applicable to life, man. Absolutely. Like, yeah, you got you got to trust the process and believe in what you're doing, and 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 if not, what are you doing it for? Like, yeah. what, what what are we doing here? So, yeah, yeah, no quick fixes, man. No shortcuts. Don't don't work like that. Yeah. Shout out, shout out to my hey Terry Trick. I got a question. I have a question now that I want to ask. That that because here's my thing. I know Tom Thibodeau. Tom Thibodeau likes defensive guys. So when they traded for Bojan. I remember when they traded for Kemba Walker and he got benched. I remember when they traded Evan Fournier and he makes $19 million and he got benched. Now we got Bojan Bonders who's making $20 million. And I know he's a traffic cone on defense. Now, in the perfect world, he'll find a way to make it work. He'll put some defense around him and then we'll still be able to flow. Right now, he's definitely going to play because the Knicks made this move. Specifically because I think they really made the move specifically because they knew OG was gonna be out. Cause I think mm-hmm. uh I think I read that Ian said um OG's elbow pushed him to making an extra move. And I think that might have been the the Bojan. But when everybody's back, you see, shout out to the NYK Terry, really good basketball dude, great, great father. When you, put, when you see all these things together, you see that starting five there. You know there's only a nine-man rotation. You know Tom Thibodeau likes defense. Who is sitting? <laughs> Who is sitting? Like, that's when it gets tricky. When everybody is back. Right now, there's people out. We got Mitch. He's out. We got OGs out. But when everybody's back. Miles McBride has forced himself into the lineup. Is he going to get? Is is he now out because Alec Burks is playing? Precious Achulio has been playing well. Does he now be out so Bojan can play the power forward? Is that is that what we thinking? Yeah, I think that's. I mean, I think it'll be likely. I don't see them like Bogdanovich would have to be bad and have to be affecting the numbers of the bench unit. I'm with Ryan in the fact that I think the purpose of the bench is to make sure they can like hold leads. And I think that he'll have enough competent players around him that he'll be able to, they'll be able to do that and it won't be that bad. And I think he's also going to give a little bit more effort, like Ryan said, than we saw from him in Detroit. I actually do think that here's the thing that I I don't mean to throw a question back at you, JLS, but I think the thing you got to ask yourself is, do you trust Tom Thibodeau? to make the right decision there. And I, I believe if you, even if you get coach, a coach players, and if the coach says, Hey, that player is not fitting and playing to what we want to do. He's not giving the effort, not giving the defense. 
you got to trust your coach and let him do that. You know, when when Tom Thibodeau said that with Cam Reddish and we wasn't seeing him getting the limited minutes, people have critiqued Tom Thibodeau, but yeah. has he not? He was right. Pushed and got the players that yeah. to play for him the way he wants. Yes right. or no? Not about who you like or who you want to see or you wanted to see more minutes for Obi Toppin and all this other stuff. Has he not tried to put the best players out there that he thinks is going to make him win? I trust him to make that decision. If he, you got to give him credit. Yeah, he sat Fournier down. He yeah. sat Kemba Walker down. Even when they signed him to big money, he's like, Nah, man, they ain't working. You got to give a coach credit for that, for standing on his principles of what he's about for defense and saying, if you're not doing it, you're not bringing it, that's fine. Everybody here goes to work. If somebody in your team is not bringing it to help you do what you do, you're not going to like that. And you'd want somebody in management to say, hey, yo, you got to, You got to be better. Or you got to get out. And I have no problem with that. So if it's Boyan that sits or if he thinks McBride is the better fit for the rotation or pressures or I trust that he will do the right thing. You know, and I think the front office has to support him that. To be fair to the front office, we also have to be fair on this. We haven't heard anything about the front office. They didn't push back on him with Kemba. They didn't really push back on him that much with Fonier. Mm. Fonier's been riding the bench pretty much. It was this year before they traded him. They were like, hey, this is what you wanted. This is what you wanted to do. I know there was some pushback on Cam Reddish. They wanted to see yeah, that's the one I'm Cam to say. a little bit more. Yeah. That was the one, and but you know what the thing? I also still give Tibbs credit for that because I'm sure the conversations went like this. But Leon Rose was like, "Hey man, you got you got to play him more because we gave a first round pick." And Thibodeau was like, "So," <laughs> and, and, and 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 I and I kind of I get it, I get it from both sides, and you want your front office and your coach to be aligned, but the the coach is the person that steers the ship. Yeah, with the players to get the what they have to get out of them on the court, right? He's the one that's in with them day in and day out. So, I think it comes down to, like I said, I think the question asked Knicks fan, I'm tossing back you, Jails, is, you know, do you trust Tibbs to make the right decision in that situation? I think the 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 hypothetical situation you're bringing up is very very likely. Like you said, when people come back, I think it's actually very likely there's going to have to be a tough decision made. It's just when that decision comes, and if he says, "Hey, Boyan, you're not getting it done for me." Yeah, I think that's the – I still have a little bit – he's made the right decision. You're right. He's made mm-hmm. the right decision uh, pretty much every step of the way. Even the ones that I kind of fought, I mean, when I look back at it, um, he made the right decision. Like, even this year with the DiVincenzo starting for Grimes, um, it ended up being the right decision, decision absolutely. I was um, against that move, too. I yeah. didn't like that move. I, I, I didn't, I didn't like, like that move, move at first. I was not a fan of that move. And – Hey, I, I you got to say when you're wrong. I was wrong on that. I did not like that move at all. Mm-hmm. I was uh, t- discussing it with one of my boys, and I I didn't like that move at all. I thought they should have kept Grimes because I liked his defense, and I also wanted to see. I think that was the last time we I was on here. We were talking mm-hmm. about that. I wanted to see his confidence get back up. Um, but yeah, you know, I got to give credit where credit is due, and 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 you have to trust the coach to understand the pulse of the team and and what the team needs and. It, you know, it's going to come down to like, I loved how Ryan broke it down about the numbers because there's a value, right? Like, are you going to value the scoring flexibility that Bogdanovich can bring and his shooting? But if the defense is really hurting that second unit where you're starting to see minus numbers, or as Ryan said, they're not able to hold leads. I think that's when you have to make a tough choice. Yeah. And if that's the case and you have to say, Hey, do I value defense more? Am I playing him less minutes? 
but that stuff all plays itself out. This is what the regular season's for, though, guys. Like this is yeah, this is yeah, what the regular yeah. season's for. So you don't have to make those tough decisions when you're playing better defenses and offenses in the playoffs. And he's gonna have a little bit of time to tinker that tinker that out. But I think we got to trust that he's going to make the right pr- choice. And we've seen generally he's not going to make a choice that's going to hurt these units. He's going to do what's best for the units. And I think that's at least somewhat commendable. I can say it. Yeah. I, I rock with that. This is why Dex is Dex, man. He knows the <laughs> I know a little something. Just a little. <laughs> he knows the stuff. He knows the stuff. I feel like I see Ryan and G and Lee nodding their head in the agreement. I don't know if you guys have anything to add, or, but I, f- I feel like Dexter might have said it all. But, Dexter, yeah. breaking news. I trust Tibbs to make the right decision. Uh, he, has shown, he has shown it to me this far. You guys, I mean, you, you hit them all. You hit Cam, Obi. I'll take this step further. I saw a limited ceiling for RJ Barrett, and no one knows what that ceiling was better than Tom Thibodeau. He's there in practice. He's there in games. He knows that guy in and out. And I think he saw the limited ceiling too. And he shipped as for the third option. I love the kid. Also love Grimes. Love I love everyone who's left except for Cam Reddish. So he moved off of RJ Barrett and brought in someone who actually fits that third option role efficiently in OG. Doesn't need shots. Catch and shoot. Corner three. That's how his offensive read and react is spread. He also did the same move with Grimes. I thought Grimes, we all we had this conversation a couple of games ago. I thought he hit his ceiling offensively. Thought he was a scared shooter. And I worried about that in the playoffs. We saw it last year. He was scared to shoot. And when he shot, it bricked. And I was worried about that linchpin come playoff time. He replaced him with someone, two guys that fit the mold of high basketball IQ, are very coachable, and are big game moment guys. And Burtz and Bojan Bogdanovic. Bogdanovic, 38% career three-point percentage from in the playoffs. And not one playoff series, 8-10 between Indiana and Utah and Brooklyn and mm-hmm. and uh, 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 now with us. I think he's going to be a crucial pin. And the difference between him and Kimba and Fournier, Kimba and Fournier, we talked about this, they were brought in as starters. Bojan's off the bench. Mm-hmm. He's been playing other against other bench guys. And unlike mm-hmm. the other two who would guard starting the perimeter, he's going to be in the post. And I think he's better at guarding bigger uh, post guys. Than he than Fournier and Kimba were on the perimeter, so I'm not as worried about that. But if Tibbs yanks him, because as Dexter said, the plus minus numbers, which he cares about, he's not fully on board with the analytics, but he does care about fit and efficiency with the, with certain rotations. He'll be yanked, and I'll be fine with that because we have so much depth. That means more minutes are precious. Cool, awesome. He gives you a totally different dynamic and intangibles. But I think if Bojan works, you have a legitimate guy who can be the point of attack offense off the bench, who's currently giving the Pistons 20 points per game and the highest points per touches. That is incredible value for two second-round picks. Yeah, and I have something to add as well. And I find it very interesting because I do and 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 it, it I do I do kind of have a question as well because the way this the way this Knicks team is built this season compared to last season. And I feel like the playoffs last year played a huge role with the direction of the front office this season because I feel like the playoffs last year, based on the move the Knicks made this season, was kind of like a quote-unquote rehearsal where the front office wanted to see how these guys are going to perform in the big stage. And R.J. Barrett played well in the Cleveland series, but he didn't play well in the Heat series. 
quickly was pretty much invisible on offense. He played good defense, but was invisible on offense. Grimes didn't really step up to the plate offensively as well. And Obi, he he played decent against Cleveland, but again, Miami, he didn't show up as well. And I feel like the Knicks also, and I feel like in that Miami series, if the Knicks actually knocked down their open shots, they had a good chance. They would have had a good chance to beat the Heat and go to the Eastern Conference Finals last season. I think the front office looked at that and they were like, you know what? Three-point shooting. The, the, the younger, the young pieces we have here are good, but if we're to get to that next level, we have to improve the shooting on the team, and that's exactly what they did. And unfortunately, they had to sacrifice the young pieces to get those players here. But I feel like if the young pieces actually perform to their standard in the playoffs, maybe the Knicks would have went in a different direction with the moves that they made. Mm. But I feel like since they since they didn't perform to standard in the playoffs, and the and the team and the front office clearly saw that shooting was an issue for this team. They made sure to bring some shooters in, and to do so, they had to they had to ship those young players out to transform this team into a possibly championship caliber team this season. I think Ryan, I think that is spot on. I think that is lit. I I don't can't say for hundred percent for sure, but I am very confident that pretty much it went that way. And that's the point I was making forward. That's what the playoffs are used for. You're supposed to make that evaluations. Now that doesn't mean that quickly or Barrett or Toppin couldn't have ever got it done. But the other thing that to add to what Ryan said is that the front office had to do is their job is to maximize. They would, the one thing they did evaluate from the playoffs, they said, Oh, we got one in Jalen Brunson. Yep. So now we have to maximize that as much as possible, particularly before he gets to super max status uh-huh. we've got to maximize that as much as possible how do we do that exactly what ryan said we got to upgrade in areas where we can get shooting without becoming too old without compromising our identity of of who we are and i think those are the things they did and i and i'll say this i think the same thing will happen this year in the playoffs how the players perform what they do who steps up is somebody not physical enough does our offense look better when Mitch is on the floor as opposed to Hartenstein on the floor. These are things that are going to be evaluated in terms of how they tweak. And that's what good front offices do. They look at stuff. They don't stay in love with just because we drafted this person. We have to be in love with them. They're going to do to maximize the most around the star that works with their coach. And I think that's what they did. I, Ryan, I think you hit the nail absolutely on the head with that. And that's what competent teams do. And when you look at that, you can't say, and again, I there were very few fans I saw this from today, but it's like, oh, you know, our homegrown guys. No. Are you maximizing the most out of your star? Yeah. That's the question. You yeah. got a star, right? You got a star yeah. who showed that he's got, he is not scared in the moment in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. That's another thing that is major, major, major here. We still have questions about Julius Randle because we don't know if he can get it done in the playoffs or not. Yeah. Nobody's got that question about Brunson. Nice. Nobody, you're not worried about Brunson. Nope. If there's a game, if there's a game seven for the Knicks tomorrow and Brunson's playing, he's I'm pretty sure every Knicks fan is like, "Yo, he's good. We good. <laughs> we, we're not. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not worried about that." Again, I think other players could have developed, but it's like, would you have time to wait for that with Brunson? And that's not a that's not a patience thing. It's just it's it's. Ex- this is maximizing the most you can out of your all-star, te- technically potentially superstar player, and that's the job that Leon Rose and the front office has to do. And I and I think they identified that by getting players that 
came in and did that. OG's a perfect fit because he's on the timeline with Brunson and Randall. So he's perfect. As you said, Lee, doesn't need the ball in his hands, can knock down the three, plays elite defense. And we all know there's not that many big wings. Everybody wants a big wing yeah, in the NBA, but there's hard. not that many. And the Knicks got one without giving up a first-round pick, guys. That's crazy. Without giving up a first-round pick. That's insane. No, it's crazy. You know, my brain goes to my, my brain is going crazy places, right? It's going everywhere, Jay Ellis. I see that. I'm, you know, my brain's <laughs> going to my brain's going to okay. I, the Randall injury upset me because of mm-hmm. how he was playing. I felt like he was playing the best basketball of his life. Um, I, I want, I'm, I pray that he comes back I'm relatively healthy and. You know, he's playing physical, right? He's banging, he's using his his shoulder, the one he injured, to clear space so he can play his power game. So I'm hoping he comes back healthy because I feel like that information this season, we need that information more than anything else this season. Because we already know Brady. I agree with that. I feel like that information, how Randall performs in the playoffs this season might be the most important information we get this season. So I really want him to be healthy because I feel like that is going to project how we move in the summer. Because it can like if we end up shocking the world and getting to the finals, and like I don't know, losing by like say we say we if you win scenario, say we actually go to the finals, we lose in game six or seven. Then you look at this team and go, okay, wait a minute. Maybe we let this cook. We got to the finals and lost in game seven. Maybe we made this cook. We got all these picks. Maybe we just go out and get like an OG clone who can shoot threes to play behind them or something. Maybe we do. We go that way. Maybe we don't go the other superstar route because we realize we have enough. But if it doesn't work out, then he's like, you know what? Randall, he, he went to bed again. Maybe we have to move him and then try to get a shooter and then try to get like a three and D guy power for it. Like maybe you go that direction. So like, I really want him to be healthy for this run because I feel like that's going to dictate what the front office does this summer. I think you're, I think you're right. But I think the other thing too, Jay Ellis is like, if you go with Ryan's assessment of what he said, he believes happened after last offseason, then you also have to be like, okay, this is a front office that is going to, maybe wisely assess if there's a sunk cost in Randall, right? And mm-hmm. and it's not working. And they might just say, we're going to move off. And I think that's something you want teams to do. I think one of the things teams don't do sometimes, this is across sports, is identify when there's a sunk cost. Like, uh, you know, this is the most we're getting out of this player. Or as Lee said a couple of times, players he thought that hit their offensive peak. Sometimes you need to identify them and be like, yo, this is as good as it's going to get. Yeah. Or this doesn't work out. So let's get off of that right now because it's what's best for the team. It's what's going to extend our ability to compete for a championship. It's not getting, it's not getting tied in. Look, it's hard to build. It's championship building of teams is not easy. I don't think we give enough credit to that. It's not easy. Otherwise, people be winning all winning every year. Mm-hmm. The Warriors, as good as they've had a dynasty, right? They're going through it now because they tried to do the two timelines thing and then it didn't work. And now Steph is getting old and Clay is looking a little older. And it's like there's very small windows to win. And that's my point about why you have to maximize the most you can out yeah. of Brunson. And to your point, Jalis, if they don't feel Randall is maximizing Brunson in the playoffs and you take what Ryan said in the assessment, then it's the, the thing you have to ask Knicks fans is, do you believe the front office and everything they've shown you 
that they're going to make the right decisions, identify that, and tweak again, even if it is moving on from somebody like a Randall. Mm -hmm. The way they've operated, I don't see why I would not believe that. That's here comes Jeremy. I don't see why not to. (laughs) 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 I don't see why not. Oh man. Salute, salute. I feel like we talked everything. Only thing I want to know is not even I want to know. I know what I want to see. Hartenstein is down, man. Hartenstein is again with the Achilles. Sims is also down. We have uh, the buyout market coming. We just need to get Robin Lopez and call it a day, man. Like, like we need a big man because it's looking dire. It's going to be interesting to see what they do in the buyout market. Um, I was I was talking about that. We'll see if Taj Gibson comes back another ten day contract. Um, there's a I, 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 there's a couple names I think you get thrown around. You'll see Robin Lopez if they want to go with another big man. Um, I think Sims will be back. He's just poorly sick. I think he has like the flu or something. I think it's just he's, mm. he's sick. Um, and I I really like Sims. That's another good draft pick that doesn't yeah. get talked about. Um, I. Kyle Lowry, I've heard that name thrown around as well, too. I think Lowry's going to want to go somewhere where he gets a little bit more minutes. He's not going to get that behind Brunson. Yeah. Um, but I see why Knicks fans might think that. Villanova connection, kind of tough. We'll see. It wouldn't shock me if Kyle Lowry ends up in Philly. I see that. I feel like that might be a little bit more likely. Yeah, I can't see to go back up Maxi there. Um, some, I mean, Dinwid, Spencer Dinwiddie is another name. He was at the game tonight. <laughs> yeah. But oh man, he's throwing up for Spencer Dinwiddie. Damn. Do you but, know uh, the vitriol? He Dinwiddie trolled us for like years, man. He did. He he when did. He, did and he enjoyed that. He enjoyed that. Yeah. Like when he was in the building today, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted the Dolan to treat him like he did Charles Oakley when he came. Oh, <laughs> oh man. Spence Spence was trolling Knicks fans, but he's actually he's actually a good dude, man. He's okay. actually a good dude. Oh. He trolls Knicks fans. He's actually a good dude. All right, since, since but he... I, I don't, I, I, but they said there's more interest between the Mavericks, which makes sense for the Mavericks yeah. too. They would need him or the Lakers. I could see that. Um, I don't know what the Knicks. The Knicks are gonna look at the buy market. What about Marcus Morris, guys? How about that was somebody that uh, I like Marcus Morris. Charlotte from Let's Talk Knicks brought that up to me today on the show, and she was like, "What about bringing him back?" And I was like. That's not interesting. That's kind of interesting. A guy who can play the four, stretch a little. That's, that's kind of interesting. That would give Bojan some, some like if he ain't some acrobat. I mean, if he's not gonna play any defense, you know, at least he'll, he'll get some effort under Tibbs. I would like yeah. that. I would like that move just to stay in Randall's ear. He's someone who played came with Randall at the same time in 2019. Mm. And that free agent, Steve Mill, was his master class uh, that summer. <laughs> that power forward. But, I, but Morris was, <laughs> Morris was uh, Randall has pointed to Morris being a big mentor to him and someone who was in his ear. Mm. Giving him, so I think reuniting him, Morris would have to acknowledge he's probably not playing at all. Certainly not in the playoffs, barring, yeah. I'm not even going to say it. He's not wow. playing at all. So if, if he's there, he's it's gonna be an off, it's gonna be on the bench roll. But I like that for the locker room. He's a no nonsense, tough dude. And I think his voice would be respected and listened to in that locker room. Yo, so, so yeah. Can I can I shout out Marcus Morris for getting us OG Ananomi Loki? And Emmanuel quickly. Yeah, no, because like yeah, look yeah, at yeah, he got yeah, us yeah. man, he, he got us the yeah. picks that got us Emmanuel quickly, which was using the trade to bring in OG Ananobi. So thank yeah. you, Marcus Morris, for yeah. your services, man. You got yeah. us, you, you pretty much got us a chip almost. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Scott Perry, too. You already know how I feel about Scott. I love that's my guy. 
Yeah, Ninja, Ninja P. P. Ninja P forever. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Marcus Morris. You brought us, you brought us OG Ananomi. All right. But yeah, I'll take that. I'll definitely take Marcus Morris for sure. Nick Legend Marcus Morris. Nick right. Legend. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Ah <laughs> oh, man, all right. Salute to the chat, man. We we talked about everything we talked about. Uh uh now nah, it's late. It's late. We on yeah, I, I, I gotta I gotta get to I actually gotta get to bed. It's I gotta get to bed day. too, shoot. But let I me mean, just get to the super chats and then we 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 gonna be out of here. I know we gonna right, do cool. I, I no, I don't know if we're even gonna do bro picks and stuff like that. We gonna, we gonna say that when I, we gotta go to bed. I know Dex is supposed to be here for an hour. He's he stayed up, he stayed late for us. Um, Robert Morris gives a 499 Super Chat says by end of March, we should be strong, healthy, and 11 deep. All right. I appreciate that. Thank you. So, yeah, 11 deep. Jay Boogie, shout out to Jay Boogie. He sends a $10 Super Chat says the only thing holding us back is health. Today, Leon brought a, a fear amongst the league. Teams did not want to see get better. Watch teams start jockeying not to play us in the playoffs finals. I hear that. I feel like there what was up, one Jay? more super chat, but I can't. What's find up it. to Jay Boogie? Jay Boogie, uh, I didn't forget you. We we are uh, we we are connecting soon. Just want to say that to Jay Boogie. I, I didn't forget you, bro. Got connecting you, got soon. you. I feel like there was one super chat. Did I miss the super chat? I feel like it was one at the very beginning, but I don't see it popping up. But sorry, whoever sent that super chat is not popping up. I wanted to read it now, but I don't see it. But um, but yeah, yo, thank you guys for watching. If you like the show, hit that like, subscribe, and. Thank you, Dexter, for always being with us, supporting us, dropping on the show, dropping the gems, talking next with us. Definitely appreciate your knowledge. And no, thank, thank, thank y'all. And um, I hope that you know we did a we did a live show today that was really well received. I'm hoping that we start doing some more. We get, we're talking about doing some stuff with the playoffs. So I'd like you guys mm. to be a part of it. Con next content creator community a yes. part of it. So there's hopefully going to be some more live shows that should be fun um oh, yeah so yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to that man um got to keep this new york god game thing rolling thank y'all for supporting appreciate mm -hmm. y'all love, love is right there look i see i love that lee lee gets all the lights and the emojis and stuff <laughs> I out lee. like i, 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 I appreciate lee, that now i appreciate it's it. good to good to rock with y'all because we hadn't done it in a while and um Yo, Knicks fans just got to keep the good vibes going you know what i'm saying you got to keep the good vibes going it's a look for me it's a fun time covering it like you know, you know Listen. how terrible it is covering these teams when they're bad. Like it's just, Dexter, yeah. it's just you not gotta fun. tell Dexter. You don't yeah, gotta we, tell we, me, know. Dexter. He's like, you don't know. Me, you know when we started, right? I told you when yes. we started, 2016 with Derrick yeah. Rose and Jill Keith knowing them. Oh, we all, I remember we was talking about oh, trading. Man. Remember we was talking about trade Derrick Rose for um who we show? Remember Ryan? Who's the dude? Who, the point guard from Minnesota who was who used to play overseas. He's not even in the league anymore. He used to Rubio? Uh, Rubio. Remember we talked about Rubio. pretty hair girls Rubio? <laughs> like, rough days, man. Rough oh, days. man. The dark days, man. Derrick Rose was missing on the milk cart. Like, it was a bad time. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> it was a bad time. <laughs> 21 games. For real. For the rape trial. Derrick was coming out saying that the Knicks had a big three with him. Yeah. Yo, keep going. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You're talking about and, us and the Golden State and the super teams. Yeah. And and, uh, and and fans were believing it, too. That's yep. the thing. Yes. Fans were believing it, I too. I bought in. That was me. Oh, man. Joe, keep going. MVP chance. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, <laughs> <sighs> it was dark days. Dark days. Dark yeah, days. Very, yeah, very dark days. Yeah. All right. Well, let's, Dexter, where can they find you, man? You're, if, if you if you were living under a rock, he didn't know where to 
If you were living under a rock, you can find me at D Henry TV on all social media platforms. Give me a follow. You can also see me on New York Post SNY YouTube channels. Check it out there. New York Got Game comes yes. out every Mondays at noon on the New York Post YouTube channel. Also do a show called The Rapid Rundown. That is every Saturday afternoon that comes out. So check those shows out. Appreciate y'all. Oh, next to me working hard. He was he was on skates though. He was in he was doing everything, bro. <laughs> yeah. Yo, oh, oh, you saw when I did the curling. I was like skates. I was like, oh, curling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was do- I did a lot of sporting activity in the last couple of weeks. A lot of different a lot of different things. You know what I'm saying? I was out there doing the curling for Black History Month. I was the only black person out there curling. They they never saw that there before. So you know I had to represent. So yeah, you had to represent, <laughs> damn it. Yeah. Take a video of that because it's, it's, it's black yeah. history in itself right there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Lee, Lee, I'm going to find you, man. I'm actually going to use this space to shout out Ebony. You couldn't be here tonight at MadNetFan, M-A-D-K-N-I-C-K-F-A-N. We love you, Ebony. I hope next time you're able to uh, stay away so you can join us on the post-game show. Book Club Day. Dexter, since you've been here, I've been doing Book Club where I I shout out the book I read that day. Today, I got uh, Nobel Prize winner John Fossey from Norway. He wrote A Shining. This book, he writes very abstractly. This book is about a man who drives his car into the woods, gets out of a car and walks in the snow into the darkness. He doesn't, he's in a midlife crisis, doesn't know what to do. And he finds a bean. This bean is made of light and energy. And it's, it's more about how you interpret it. And for me, as a strong believer in the blood of Christ being my redeemer and save me uh, from uh, the, the hellfires, uh, the burning hellfires, I saw it as an encounter with the Holy Spirit and what that can look like and what it can feel like as someone who has had that experience and why I'm still here alive, breathing, and talking to my main man, Dexter, and two of my best friends in the whole world, Ryan G. and J. Ellis. It was a great book that really described that feeling when the when the blood of Christ and the Holy Spirit touches you and you have one of those type of encounters where it saves your life and changes your perception. And that might not be what his intention was, but I got that out of it. And for that, major recommendation, a shining John Fossey, one of the most best writers of all time, really. Uh, if you win a Nobel Prize, you must be doing something right. Yeah, I'm sure. J.R., mm-hmm. a shining. I checked that out. That sounds uh-huh. good. That's really inspirational, too. Short uh-huh. feed, too. Yeah. Hey. Okay. He's book club, ever popular. All right. Ryan G, let them know where you can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan G K O T. You can also find me on Instagram at Sir G is chilling. Sir G is chilling. S-I-R-G-S-H-I-L-L-I-N. And I know we ending right now, but don't worry. I have a plethora of broad picks for the next episode coming up. I got them written go. down. All I'm right. not gonna forget. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, before before we go, I gotta say this. Ryan, Ryan texted me the other day, and Ryan was so nice. For people who don't care about soccer, Ryan's an Arsenal <laughs> fan. I'm a big Liverpool fan, and we had a big match on. That was Sunday, right, Ryan? Yeah. And Ryan, te- Ryan was like, uh, Ryan was the nicest person to text me about Arsenal kicking Liverpool's ass. And he just was like, <laughs> just like, yo, Dex. He's like, yo, Dex, how you doing? You know, so you saw that game today? He just said a real slick. Everybody else said me stuff. So shout out to Ryan. For yeah. Ryan, was, Ryan was being, Ryan oh. was nice. I was like, yeah, they didn't play good. Opposite. I am tormenting the Nets fan at my job. <laughs> Tormenting. Oh, <laughs> uh, what you said, the Nets fan? Yeah, the Nets fan at my job, who is a Nets fan at my job, who was talking smack last year. And I told him, I was like, y'all better. I told him, you better wear a chip this year because between, <laughs> between Durant's knees and Kyrie Irving's attitude, y'all not going to last. Long behold, to get traded. <laughs> 
mid season, and I've been trolling him ever since. <laughs> yeah, I feel I I, I kind of feel bad for the Nets fans out there. Like I was at that last Knicks Brooklyn game in Brooklyn. I took my daughter to the game, and yeah, man, I, like I, I never felt the Knicks were going to lose that game. But some Nets fans, they were so mad. There was this, there was a dude. Quick story. There was a dude in front of me. There's a row, and there's like eight dudes in this row in front of me. Seven of them are Knicks fans, except for one dude. And when the Knicks came back, they were giving him the business. Oh, like man. he felt so bad. He just kept looking like, why am I? Why am I here with these people? Like why they got me here at all? But yeah, rough times for them. Yeah. Not yeah. for Knicks fans though. Not, not for, for Knicks not. fans. Things are good. Things are good. We troll Nets fans here. I'm sorry. We troll. We troll hard. <laughs> I see. I, see. It, it, I actually feel like remember Ryan G. I feel like it was a sponsor back who was interested back in the day when we were still on SoundCloud. And yeah. I, <laughs> he, I was like, yo, we dope. Plug this place. I play ball here. We can plug you out. He's like, yeah, I'm down. Durant goes there. He's like, man, what do y'all fit? What do you think about you know promoting um, Durant <laughs> and Kyrie coming to the pickup game? And then I was like, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I'm trying to make fun of next fans every week. So, <laughs> so <laughs> kind of be weird if we were all of a sudden promoted. <laughs> and that's <laughs> that. I didn't get an email back. <laughs> Oh, so that ended the sponsorship possibility. Yeah, pretty much. Yo, but hey, here's the th- here's the thing though, Jay Ellis, you you stay true to your brand. You stay, stay true, true to your brand. I don't know. I ain't no sellout. Business. No business. You standing on business for real. Oh man, I, I do. I do want to throw out a quick dis- disclaimer though about soccer because. The reason why I didn't go hard on Dex is because Liverpool, I don't really have I don't really have a dislike for Liverpool. Yeah. But but like say for example, if Dex was a Tottenham fan or Chelsea fan, oh yeah. That I, I, I would have went hard because those are the two teams that I definitely dislike. <laughs> yeah, there, there's a Chelsea fan on Twitter who's annoying me now. If he's watching this, you know who you are. He annoys me. <laughs> he just yeah. Oh, he knows man. who he is. Yeah. Uh yeah, no, nah, Ryan was cool about it. Un- unlike some other Arsenal fans I know, including my aunt. She was not not as cool about it. But yeah, yeah. it's family. So it's always you know. your own, it's only your own family, man. Yeah. <laughs> always your own family. All right. But that is our show. Thank you guys for watching. We'll be back. We'll be back talking Knicks basketball the next game. Next the next game is I think it's, it's the Pacers, right? Pacers on Saturday. Yep. Saturday. <laughs> Pacers on yep. Saturday. Hopefully we get that W. Hopefully we have Brunson back. Uh, if you don't have Brunson back, uh, I guess it is what it is. We just need to be healthy so we can make a, a big run. That's really what's most important anyway. But I just like kicking the Pacers. I just like kicking the Pacers' ass because Halliburton gets on my nerves. It's, it's the competitor to me. It is. It just is. All right. <laughs> so hopefully he's back for the win. All right. We at least have Alec Burks for that game. I'm, I'm guessing. And Bojan. But that is our show, guys. Yep. Yeah. Thank you guys for watching. And as always, shut out the worldwide west. Everywhere we go, we leave a worldwide mess. It's a mess out here in these Knicks YouTube streets. That's the show. We out of here. Peace. New York, New York, big city of dreams. I'm coming, 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 coming straight out. New York, New York, big city of dreams.